0: Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks of UCR's Counseling and Psychological Services. I'm joined by my co-host, child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hi, Tosha.
1: Hi, Dr. Parks.
0: Second year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Edgar Ortega. Hi, Edgar.
2: Hello, Dr. Parks.
0: And last but not least, second-year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Joshua Poole. Hi, Joshua. How
3: are you doing, Dr.
0: Poole? The views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent UCR, UCR Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR's School of Medicine. Well, thank you for joining us, listeners, for uh, another edition of Shelter-in-Place episodes on Let's Get Psyched. Uh, And if it sounds kind of weird, that's why, because we're recording from our residences. And on today's show, we're going to talk about relationships and how they have been affected by the shelter-in-place order and by spending a lot of time uh, with certain people but no time with other people. Um, Hopefully, you'll get some benefit of it. But before we get to that, I want to kind of talk a little bit about some studies that came out. First of all, I just want to throw it to you. So does anyone out there have any studies that they want to present? I don't want to to be the only – (laughs) <laughs> provider of new important, interesting, crucial information, I want to allow you all to does anyone have any? No 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 okay. No. Uh, well, here's something that it, it, this, this is kind of like near and dear to me. you know I'm a parent and time That's on sc- <laughs> screen screen time for kids <laughs> did has not affected social skills. okay? Really? They did not see the link yes now this was done over six years um it was it it was it was it was done um from kindergarten to fifth grade and they compared kids that uh in 1998 to 2010 so 1998 was before facebook um, was really launched and all that and they found that there was no correlation between amount of screen time and social skills now that goes against at least some common sense, kind of thinking about it. Does anyone have any comments on that?
3: You know, it is, it is interesting. I think, so my, my little brother, he's about 10 years younger than me. The Almost the extent of his friendships exist online through, he does like the video gaming and like the live streaming and whatnot. And um, he's far cooler than I am. So I don't think it's been any kind of hindrance to him. And <laughs> Because of online thing, gaming? No, just oh, genetics. Just genetic, he, <laughs> genetic genetically genetic, cool. He's just That's... like way cooler. But I don't think his life has been that much more affected by this whole shutdown because all of his friends were already online. <laughs> like all his contact was that way. So I don't know that that much has changed.
0: It was a way of connecting with him online. But now they did find that social skills were slightly lower for the children that accessed online gaming. And social networking, quote many times a day. But it, but even that was only slight. So at least there's I get there's a little bit of something for both folks that think that uh, you know complaining about their kids spending too much online, that it can kind of replace some of the you know human interaction part of it. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of you know kind of a, a lead into um, what we have to talk about today. Uh, you know. With the shelter I have in place one thing order, to share. what now?
3: I've had one study to share.
0: Oh, go for it.
3: Yeah. Uh, sorry. So um, we received these uh, emails from the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, and one of them was uh, a report for NBC News that stated a uh, coronavirus presents unique challenges for psychiatric wards, um, and it's kind of an interesting article because it points out some of the limitations the way we manage psychiatric patients on an inpatient setting versus how we manage medicine, it creates kind of an interesting, like it brings to it brings to mind the dichotomy between medicine and psychiatry and why those two have been historically kind of separated when there's a pretty big push these days to kind of roll them into one. Like why is it that psychiatric hospitals are separate from inpatient hospitals at a lot of places for medicine? and uh, they state that some of the challenges are uh, you can't have alcohol-based hand sanitizer because it's an ingestion hazard isolation can be dangerous for people who have uh, severe psychiatric conditions particularly those that are at increased risk for uh, harm to themselves I mean if you isolate them does that mean that you're not checking on them the other issue is a lot of the time they don't want to take psychiatric patients to the inpatient like medicine unit because there's cords everywhere They could strangle themselves. There's a lot of increased risk there. But COVID has presented an interesting challenge. Where at the hospital I'm currently working at. The inpatient psychiatric unit has served as like a hotbed, a petri dish where they've had to put it on lockdown because you can't have individual rooms. You can't have people isolate. So they all have to do common what we call milieu therapy where it's like they're out and about near one another. That's an important part. But this led to... Almost all of the patients needing to be tested, and then a good majority of them testing positive. Oh, so wow. it just spread like wildfire. Oh man!
1: Wait, there have been positives at which hospital?
3: Uh, I'll decline to say for now. Just you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, okay. patient confidentiality. But there's been actually the majority of this hospital's positive cases came from a psychiatric unit.
0: Mm. Eesh. That yep. does point to some of the risks. The added risks. And they gave it to
3: faculty too and staff.
0: Mm -hmm. Just on a side note, I know we're a show that focuses on psychology, but um, I'm getting a lot of reports that the testing is very inaccurate, and that you have to test at least three times, and that sometimes the chest X-ray is uh, more accurate, like CT of the chest.
3: I think it depends on which test you're getting. The early one had like a sensitivity of like 60 to 70 percent, so there was a one in three chance that you weren't going to catch it if it was there. Which is kind of abysmal as far as medical tests go.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that um, is going to impact, um, you know, getting back, getting, um, interacting is you know how accurate the testing is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, we have use shelter in place and we make do, and that's what hopefully this show can help with and and just at least bring some light to about relationships during this shelter in place order. So. Uh, first of all, I, you know, I'm going to be the downer in saying that historically and according to studies, the more that there is, there's a stressful situation and there's a lot of time with um, being together in one location, that domestic violence goes up or intimate partner violence goes up. There was a study in 2016 uh, after the Great Recession analyzing what happened and just the kind of double whammy of the financial situation, unemployment. Um, and that that just the stress and spending time together led to more domestic violence but also child abuse you know we're probably going to focus more a little bit more on adult relationships but child abuse also goes up Uh, and one of the reasons is because um, you know when when kids they're not going to school and uh, kids are at a inherent you know power differential they're Um, isolated, they don't get regular interaction from other folks that are mandated reporters like teachers and things like that and so um, long amounts of time and so they're at greater risk unfortunately so but okay so I, that that's the 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 low point of, of the show. That's a huge show. bummer. Yeah, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. And so it just you know just also says something that affects my practice, where I'm going to ask a few more questions about things like domestic violence or if, if if people have kids about how that's going, just to kind of make sure you know that they that we can kind of help with this, some of the stress level.
3: It brings up an interesting question though, that like those rates go up when more people are at home. Does that just mean that? that the only thing keeping a lot of patient, patients or parents from hitting their kids is the fact that the kids are near them?
0: Yeah, and that, that if you just increase time, then it would just go up. Because it would just, the, yeah, that's right. deep. Yeah, upset. no, I, I did well, also, think about that. Also yeah. stress levels yeah.
1: too. like
0: Right. Yeah, right yeah. now
1: it's a stressful time for everybody. So
0: That's my take on the research, that it did have it the actual stress, the environmental stressors did impact it. So it increased it. Yeah, it wasn't just time. Although time was a factor, just having more time. And just the isolation. There, oh, there was a really depressing study, if, if you want to go a little deeper in this, um, it, from Africa about how um, it, domestic violence, child abuse, teen pregnancy um, just increased tremendously from mm-hmm. Ebola quarantining. And again, Mm. there was like a long periods of time where people weren't interacting with, you know, going to school, kids weren't going to school and things like that. And um, it was very depressing study.
1: You know, speaking about pregnancy rate, actually, I was looking into this for this episode and everything that I was looking at was talking about how uh, family planning is um, taking like a step back and people are considering well or I guess it's more that families are just considering holding off on getting pregnant right now Mm. because of money concerns you know so many people unemployed right now um safety concerns you know like health risks um so I was I was expecting more people to be getting pregnant right now but I guess um for those other reasons people are actually asking for more birth control right now
3: mm.
2: i expected the same sense. also expecting that you're spending more time with your significant other and have more time to make babies but on the other side it's the stress the financial problems and also right, right. Uh, unexpected to be increased just because uh in since the great recession around 20 2007 2008 the you know, the, the birth rates were already dropping to, I think, about 15% from what I remember I read. So we go along the line, and then considering that, that women are, you know, and, and, and couples in general are taking more time to start the families, and having the smaller families, I think if you factor everything in with the stress, it's probably, yeah, not going to increase.
0: That was always As the thought about uh, blackouts, like when there, when there would be no power, then there's only thing to do is just sleep, you know, have sex with your partner, and then pregnancy would go up. That was always the thought. I'm not sure if that was Mm. true or not. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? One
1: of the things I was looking at was I was reading this um, story from Time, I think it was, and they talked to this biological anthropologist by the name of Fisher who works at the Kinsey Institute, and she was hypothesizing that – Speakeasies could potentially emerge where people would meet up for physical contact, like instead of you know liquor, oh they're getting physical God. contact. I bet that's true.
3: for some co- for that some sort contraband of contraband yeah. under the table contact.
0: I am sure that's true. They're underground parties. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent sure that's well, true. Well,
1: there's underground religious meetings. Yeah,
0: and some not so underground too. Right, right.
2: Yeah, yeah whenever there's prohibition, people find ways to go around that. Right historically
3: yeah yeah interesting along the bootlegger line i just heard from one of my colleagues today who would not disclose which one of their friends this was but one of their friends is works in sort of a production plant and they're manufacturing unregulated hand sanitizer and selling it to the u.s army and
0: hospitals oh no See that's a problem that because there's They're such a bootlegging rush. Bootlegging hand sanitizer, <laughs> unregulated hand sanitizing is a real problem. No, it's just I think that just problem. everything's trying to be produced without oversight and regulation because there's a rush to bring it out there, which I believe is part of the problem on testing. Um, I read they an article today about how right, right about how um, the FDA is just greenlighting basically almost every test and just relying on the company to provide results afterward about how effective it is. So that's just yeah. given just the green light for everyone just to produce oh, things because it's going to be purchased. Now, um, I heard uh, Laredo, Texas, I believe, spent half a million on some terrible tests, but then the UK spent, I believe it was $20 million on a terrible test like that yeah. that were junk.
3: Uh-oh. And speaking of... Jumping the gun on things, there was a report just today about hydroxychloroquine, and how uh, there was a study that pointed to the fact that it is one increase your risk for death, and two has shown no benefit after statistical analysis.
0: And now, Yikes. no, that's terrible. No, I mean, and, and we talked, we talked about this last uh, uh, show where you know why, why people how people are determining what's real and what's not and what's true and what's not. One thing I kind of want a little bit of follow-up on with this um, idea of the religious, the underground religious meetings is that this seems to be a little bit of a test for religious folks on, you know, a test of their faith. You know, are you going to um, trust and uh, have faith and meet and and worship because this, this kind of the shelter-in-place order is seen as an impediment to their freedom of worship? Are people noticing that?
3: Yes. That and also, um, you know, there was a demonstration in Huntington Beach not too long ago. Um, they were, like, protesting this shelter-in-place order. And there's, there's a growing trend of people believing that this is, like, infringing on your freedom, which has brought up this kind of old debate of freedom from and freedom to. You know, I'm, I, am I free to go out and talk to people or am I free from getting COVID from somebody who's irresponsible um, and a lot of people just kind of say it's freedom it's about freedom but i think it's a more nuanced argument like religious people will want to say well i i should be free to go worship i feel like i'm being persecuted because i'm not able to do this it's like well you also are getting freedom from contracting a potentially fatal illness
0: yeah and i, I totally uh, think that i'm not going to delegitimize their Claim that they being their freedoms are restricted, but everything changes when we're trying to control an infection, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. one thing we're taking back where you're saying that, like Dr. Clark, when it's now deemed not safe and ineffective It's things are changing pretty quick because if you think about it, you know, when you do research, it takes a long time, you know, to develop that scientific method, observations, studies, things like that. We don't have time right now. We're just moving day by day. So sometimes we just have a preliminary result, maybe a a survey, a poll, or something that tells us maybe something. But then once you go further, they're being with time, might not be the case.
0: Right, and so then you have to rely on experts, at least m- me, I'm saying that. But it, which is right, you're right. There's not a lot of like confirmatory studies about doing this or doing that. All the models are all over the place, right? No, it's really a tough situation. Uh, let's kind of move into more relationship functioning and um, how this can affect it and how to thrive. You know, you know, really there's a concept of solitude that you can thrive being alone and you there's certain personalities that prefer that and and do that if you're just joining us we're this is let's get psyched on kucr and we're going to talk we're talking about relationships and it how they're affected by the shelter in place order how perhaps they can thrive and how maybe you can improve your relationships while um uh, being having the shelter in place order, and you're spending a lot of time with um, people you live with. So, does anyone have any thoughts about is it possible to uh, actually improve your relationships while you spend this uh, increased amount of time with your significant other, your family?
1: I think it's don't possible. all jump, I mean, in. I'm, okay. I, I'm sheltering <laughs> alone. But so maybe um, Joshua has more to say about this, or you, Doctor Parks. But um, I wait, think is, are I think you, I think
0: you the only person, the- person among us that is completely alone during the shelter in place? Me too. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 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 wait, wait. Why would you assume there's something negative to that? See, that's oh, the problem. Just the, I don't know. I just <laughs> I'm the, also choking by myself.
3: The tone, the context, all other information. <laughs> but I how mean, are you doing? Yeah.
0: By the way, are you thriving or? Are you experiencing loneliness? See, you're the you're the petri dish right now. We're 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 analyzing you. You're the yeah, rat in the I, maze.
1: I am feeling loneliness more right now than usual. But um, I'm talking every day with my friends. Um, I'm talking more with family. Like I'm calling my grandma more often facetiming with her she's figured out how to use facetime and my family is doing weekly um zoom conferences S- and, and my extended family who i really only see you know at thanksgiving so that's been nice So of you, course i'm missing that right now to record this
0: <laughs> we're keeping you from them
2: i think it's important to also say that um Social isolation and loneliness might not be the same thing. So, so Social isolation is more you're you know, objectively talking about like you're more willful to be okay lacking that contact between you and society, right? Whether if it's like an order, mandated, or you want to do it yourself. Loneliness is more um, kind of like that is stress that comes up, discomfort that comes from the perception that you have in between your desire to interact with other people society and what you actually are getting, so that's when it becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, you become lonely, because you get a stress from that expectation that is not being met, so, Mm -hmm. and then, in terms of what you were saying, Tosha, like, you're doing the things, and someone does, I'm the same, I'm doing, trying to do the same thing, in fact, I have a, like, another Zoom meeting with family and friends after this, and that's what you can keep doing, right, they, I, I, from what I was reading, just quickly what I gather is that you can create a routine for yourself. You know, if it's, you know, even solo plans for a movie night and you do it or a yoga video, you connect with others. You might still do journaling. call your loved ones. And and also kind of like at the same time, recognizing when things are not maybe going your way and don't be too hard on you because you're not doing a lot of things.
1: Yeah. I also want to just... Say for people out there who are feeling lonely. Um, I just found something about the former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy in 2017 actually declared a sort of pandemic of loneliness. So loneliness has been endorsed by lots of people all over the country um, for years now. Um, That was a pandemic
0: before this pandemic. Yeah. Okay.
1: I also want to point out that there's been new data coming out about the use of dating apps. Um, So Tinder daily messaging activity has gone up by 10 to 15% across the country. Bumble's in-app video chat feature uh, spiked in use by 93% between mid-March to the end of March. Um, And... Bumble was also reporting more quote unquote quality chats. That's just based on like the <laughs> length of the messages that people are sending and then how long their conversations are lasting. Hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I mean, people are talking about a quarantine uh, boo or like a new quarantine cuffing season. Remember, Dr. Price, when we talked about cuffing season in the winter?
0: No. What's, what is that? To remind so me. I'm old you, and I forget things.
1: You look for a partner specifically for like the holiday winter months because people are feeling particularly lonely during those times. Want someone to snuggle up with.
0: Oh, okay. Like seasonal That's called cuffing. Or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuffing season.
0: So it's like a seasonal it's romantic like, partner. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> yes. Yes. That doesn't yes. sound yes. very good the way I put it's it. an though. expiration date or something like cuffing that. Cuffing sounds so much more. Appealing. Yeah,
1: But on the other side of things, remember that um, biological anthropologist Fisher that I was talking about at the Kinsey Institute. She also predicts that there's going to be a spike in weddings because this quarantine, this sort of like online dating might actually lengthen the courting period, which research shows leads to more stable marriages.
0: Wow.
3: And Have you heard about that? More stable marriages results in
0: fewer merits
3: weddings? Wait, wait, wait. No, more weddings. No no. no, 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 the longer thinks, courting
0: period.
1: Yeah, she thinks that because this courting is um um maybe less impulsively sex-based and more, you know, drawn out longer um communication-based that there might be more stable relationships coming out of this, leading to more marriages. Interesting
2: that makes sense like having more meaningful connections like what you're saying about the apps and how the chats have like the conversation have gone up instead yeah
1: in that time article that i was talking to you guys about um there was a doctor in new york city who actually said that she feels that this online dating this virtual specifically virtual online dating um meaning like the video chats has been able to give her a quicker look into someone um that she's initially dating just through one seeing their living space um and then two interacting with them um you know via video is more of a litmus test for uh in-person chemistry than just texting
0: hmm. oh well so there's positives there's potential positives if mm-hmm. if,
2: if uh even before all of this happen i have a. Uh, that uh, about 30 to 40% of U.S. adults use some or have used a, like a dating app, increased from 2013 from 11%. And then about 12% either married or were in a committed relationship from people who they met through online dating. It also went up from 2013 from 3% to 12%. So it might wow. be even more. Or, or, Wait, that's or like,
1: from 2013?
2: No, this is from 2019, October. But the trend was from two thousand and thirteen to two thousand and nine, the end of two thousand and nineteen. Oh, so okay. in yeah. six years, it went up from three right. to twelve percent. Right. Wow. So I saw something now.
1: similar. Yeah. In two thousand and nineteen, a Stanford study reported that couples are more likely now to form a relationship through online dating than any other avenue.
0: So what do you? How do you? I, how I saw do similar you, stuff. So do you, do you feel that that's because people are getting more? It's becoming more part of the culture, and this is just yeah. how you. Okay.
1: I think the apps have just made it more mainstream. So now how the stigmatized fo- it used to be? Like people didn't right. want to tell e- their friends, like, oh, I met him online or something. It's You've still kind
0: of stigmatized of a little bit.
1: Yeah, but less so, a lot less so.
0: Especially now. Now if you do, it's completely normal. Well, exactly. I just got to say this. I don't know if
2: my brother will get mad at me, but he is engaged to his fiance that he met through a dating app.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are getting married. From relationships that they uh, formed through apps,
3: I I will say just personally, not not the app topic, but the the increase in like weddings and whatnot. Um, my fiance and I have basically been dragging our feet on like setting a date, doing any kind of planning or whatever, and it took quarantine for us to sit down and be like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> what are food. we going to so do? So now it's hit home, right? And now we're like. <laughs> Okay, we're going to submit a request for a venue at the worst possible time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, that's a very positive note you know, from it's quarantining. Up in the air whether or not any because we're looking at you know I don't know um, maybe next year, but it's it's up in the air whether or not you know travel will be open, whether or not venues will be open. So
0: yeah, you might have to wear face. To you walk by face masks and then you lift them up, just right? Kiss and put them. <laughs> or back yeah, down. just
3: have like a veil. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, just a veil, a veil that is N95 certified. N95 an, an <laughs> Okay, got it. <laughs> All right. A
3: negative pressure veil. My dad was like, you guys should just have a Zoom wedding.
0: Oh, Which, man.
3: I don't know. I've heard that's being done. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too.
0: Well, I mean... um. You know, let me just kind of say something, you know, as far as like, you know, what could happen, ha- you know, I want to pick up the loneliness aspect of it. There's a, a lot of research about how loneliness <coughs> is connected with depression or could lead to depression. Um, this is a, um, from psychology and aging in 2010. Um, but this is a kind of, kind of a little bit depressing part of it that social support uh, did not seem to have an impact on uh, people's sense of loneliness. And It wasn't wasn't a very strong predictor of changes in depression.
1: That's surprising.
0: Yeah, That's,
3: that flies in the face of a a lot of
0: you know, of and then just, just of- the, yeah, right. There is there's there are studies that show the uh, otherwise, but it kind of depends on the type of social support, right, that you get or that you uh, or and or if it's perceived.
1: Hmm. I, mm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
0: You know, and you know, and sometimes you know, if you have a pre-existing condition, which a lot of these folks in the study did, then um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of times, you know, just adding some social support is not gonna not gonna quite get you there. You know, take care of the loneliness. Mm-hmm. What have, what have people done to just your own personal lives? What have you done to to kind of help yourselves, or what what would you recommend your clients? That they, let's look at the impact on our practice. What kind of things have you recommended to your clients to do? Have you recommended things like online dating apps or um, social media?
1: My patients are kids and teenagers, so they're all sheltering in place with family.
0: They haven't felt too lonely?
1: Um, they get upset if their family you know, uh, prohibits them from leaving the house, but... And some of them are just leaving the house and visiting their friends um, but yeah they're most of them are just staying at home and trying to find something to do at home with their family
0: So it's not it's not impacting their loneliness as much
1: Mm-mm. no, but I imagine it's it's impacting more adult patients loneliness for sure.
0: Yeah I definitely have some clients that um, they're kind of stuck with roommates they don't like. And they had spent a lot of time out and about, but now they're stuck with the roommates they don't like. So yeah, it's I been pretty it. challenging.
2: Yeah, I hear I hear the same thing: more anxiety, more depression, less sleep, almost every day from every patient that I talk to. Um, things that I recommend usually is just to stay active physically and mentally. I mean, that varies for different people. Things that you can do at home. Um, if it's safe to go outside, you know, on your own, not in big groups. Carefully with a mask, you can try to do it. Of course, no breaking rules or anything. And also just pick up a hobby or do other things. Keep communication with all the
0: people. Those are good recommendations. Yeah, I believe you can exercise outside, um, you know, as long as, um, yeah, you take, you take precautions. And, 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 and I was thinking
2: on that because I wanted to go bike riding. I haven't done that in a while and I have time to do it. But I remember I was – that was, like, two weekends ago. I was on my way down to get my bike, and somebody asked me, oh, are we allowed to do that? And that, like, made me think. So I actually did not do it that day just because I have to go back and do my research. And it doesn't look like, you know, per government laws in California. It's prohibited. If you're not – if you're by yourself or with some other people, maintaining distance, wearing a face mask, not sick, yes. But if you're yeah, sick,
0: I, things I, like I, that. I, similarly, I was going to – you know, as far as, like, uh, cycling, yeah. you can cycle – Um, at least in LA County um, without a mask, as long as you're you're just exercising alone. Um, But okay. So we'll end it on this though. We are, we have run out of time. We've, we've run out of time to do the show. And so now we're going to have to say goodbye. And we've been talking about how relationships have been affected by the quarantining from COVID-19 for trying to manage the outbreak. Um, Thank you to our co-hosts, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi, Dr. Edgar Ortega, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Joshua Poole. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write us at on KUCR at gmail.com. That's getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. And you can listen to past episodes of Let's Get Psyched by listening to your any, any streaming platform that you might have, any podcast streaming platform. Special thanks to our producer, Elliot Fong. I've been your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched.